furniture, appliances, mattress, fam.news. Listen to this information we got from Genesis Credit. According to Experian, 40% of Americans have a FICO score below 700. That means four of every 10 sales are potentially lost because a customer won't qualify for enough credit or at all through traditional financing. Fact is, customers deserve a second chance at affordable financing and no one believes that more than Genesis Credit. As the industry's premier second look financing solution for over 20 years, Genesis provides high revolving credit lines for customers with FICO credit scores above 550. And Genesis wants retailers to know that, hey, if you're seeing lower credit lines and fewer credit approvals from your first finance option, let Genesis Credit take a second look. Find the right fit for your customers' financial needs at genesis-fs.com forward slash the fam. Be honest, how much do you spend each year on product photography? Aperture's the answer, Kinsley. Products and more products and vignettes and tens of thousands of dollars in reshoots. I mean, <laughs> the reshoots. And then it doesn't look consistent. Aperture is the answer. Look, the world's changed a lot. And one of the good changes is the tech driving Aperture. Aperture is the answer. All right, Quinn, you don't have to say Aperture is the answer anymore. So why don't you go ahead and tell them why? Because it's the only tech company that William Sonoma ever bought. And for good reason, Kinsley. They had the same problems with product photography, and now they don't. And now you won't. Let's say you need a mattress photo. Boom. Place that beautiful bed inside Aperture's nifty 20 by 20 beauty box. Press a button. And the Aperture machine does all of the rest, all the lighting and cropping and shadows, all of it. And better yet, once you need a different background or different lighting, no reshoots. Your visual factory in a box does all the work. And you know what? You save some money, you save some time, and you create product photography that can move at the speed of your ideas. Start today at OutwardInc.com and tell them those Marcos sent you. Because why? Aperture's Aperture's the the answer. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show. I'm Mark Kinsley here with Bashar Wally, the CEO. Now, make sure I'm saying this right. This assembly practice hospitality. It's the same yep. in the business. Two separate companies. This assembly and practice hospitality. This assembly and practice hospitality. So I'm sitting here at the beautiful Westlake Village Inn here in Southern California, just outside of LA, Thousand Oaks area. And I hear Bashar on stage talking about his experience not staying in the same hotel even one night after the other. So describe this to people. You're saying if you're in Manhattan, you check into a hotel and you're going to be there four nights. Each of the four nights, you stay in a different property. Never the same one twice. Okay, paint a picture for us. So um, I'm a hotel guy, geek through and through. So I decided, I don't know, 10 years ago, and I have FOMO, major FOMO. So I'm like, why am I staying here a second night? I've already been there, done that scene. I'm going to go try this other hotel. And so it began. And I jumped from hotel to hotel. So in many cities, I've run out of hotels. So I repeat now just because I'm out. But in Manhattan, it's hard to run out. So I've kept count in Manhattan. It's my bragging right, essentially. 225 different hotels in the island of Manhattan, including Williamsburg, to be fair. I don't want to lie, but not counting other boroughs. Because I've stayed in, like, Jersey City. I don't count that as Manhattan. 
225. If there's a Guinness Book of World Records for this, do you think that you would be holding the record today? I am, there is, and I'm confident I would because no one is stupid enough like I am to move around. Many people travel far more than I do, live on I mean, I travel my fair share, 225,000 miles here today. Look, people live on the road, don't own homes, but they don't move around hotel to hotel. So that's the neurotic part of that equation. Okay, help me But I don't care enough to prove it, I suppose, so I haven't tried. So you're saying you have FOMO. That means fear of missing out. Just for anybody who doesn't know, and there may be people out there who don't know. So your fear is, I fear missing out having potentially stayed in a property I would love, enjoy the experience, want to know more about. So here's, here's the, the, the argument I have with friends. So I live in Oregon and I have friends that we go every spring break to Hawaii. So I say, why do you go to Hawaii? We love it. You go every year, yeah. How do you know, have you been to Costa Rica? No. How do you know you're not gonna like Costa Rica more than Hawaii? Well, we don't know. Well, then why wouldn't you try it until you decide? Then you could say, okay, I don't like Costa Rica, I'm going Hawaii. But then there's also Ecuador and there is Belize and there is, so I'm, I'm, look, if the whole world was like me, I don't want to live on this planet. So it takes all kinds. There are creatures of comfort. That is not me. My, my wife to that would say, well, I like to go back to places where I know I can unwind. I understand what's going to happen. There's a time for an adventurous vacation. There's a time for my relaxing vacation where I know everything, everything's Listen, located. I am no dummy. I've been married for a long time. I do not do this to my wife or my family. My ass would be gone a long time ago. This is only self-induced, self-inflicted damage on my own. I don't do it to others. Now, if we travel as colleagues, I might make you do it. Because then not only do I get to see my hotel, but I get to see yours. So like we do this whole thing. So. Okay, so as a person, and this is a mattress industry show. So as a person who's very focused on sleep and sleep environments and the mattress and the sheets and the pillows and the whole experience, paint a picture of your general assessment of the sleep experience that hotels offer that in, in your experience, the properties you stayed at, or maybe some that stand out. I, I think we as an industry are foolish because we have lost sight of the business we're in. We're in the business of sleep. We are giving you a good night's sleep. And for my properties and for my team, we have some pillars. I hate that term, but fine, we'll go with it for now. And sleep to me is one of the most important pillars. And it's the mattress, the sheets, the pillows, the alarm clock, how dark the room gets, how cool the room gets, the noise factor, the sleep button on the TV. Like there are a hundred things that make for a perfect sleep experience. And we ignore them because we're more focused on giving you some crazy item in the mini bar that's going to shock and cry you when at the end of the day sleep is at the epicenter of what we do and wellness is the new term in our industry no longer fitness and sleep is again at the heart of wellness you don't have a good night's sleep forget anything else you might do because you're literally shortening your life so i'm pleased that we as an industry are starting to think about it more or focus on it more and this mattress conversation i've always been puzzled you know if hotel makes the investment in a mattress once every five years, three to five is what I tell people you should do. Some people wait 10 years. I'm like, are you crazy? Three to five years, you've got to change your mattresses. So in the beginning, we'd say, let's, let's call it a five-year investment. The difference between a good mattress and a great mattress, relatively speaking in dollars, is not that big. So why are you skimping out on something that you're only going to change every five years? That is truly at the bottom at the heart of what you sell. So I always tell people, I don't, the mattresses I use in my three and a half star hotel are the mattresses they use in the suites only at the six star hotels because the price difference isn't that big and what a great amenity to give guests. So people fail miserably as an industry. 
So one of the things I did coming in here is because I'm a newbie uh, to BLLA, which is the Boutique Lifestyle Leaders Association. So I'm, I'm new to this and I'm new to the hotel industry as a whole. So I wanted to learn about it. So we did a research project, 400 people uh, across the US, national sample. So it gives you a 90% confidence interval who had stayed in a boutique hotel for three nights during the past 12 months. Now, a lot of them had stayed at other styles of property. This is what surprised me. I'm gonna tell you what didn't surprise me. What didn't surprise me was the reason that people wanted to stay at a boutique hotel. And a lot of it was driven around. It was more unique and fun, and it was in a great location. Not surprising. After that, we asked the question, out of these 20 items, force rank what's most important to you when you stay at the hotel. So once they're on property, what mattered? The number one item, I felt like they were just serving this up on a silver platter. The number one item was the mattress, and the number two item was quality of sleep. I mean, the coffee maker was way down, the fitness facility was way down, the mini bar was way down. And what do hotels focus on? All the things that don't matter, sadly. Again, we're starting to pay attention, and he asked about some of the experiences. There's a uh, brand Equinox, you know, the fitness brand. They're in the hotel business. They have a hotel in New York, their first hotel in the Hudson Yards. And they truly focused in on the sleep experience. So right next to the bed, there's a button that says, I don't know, sleep well or something like that. And you push the button, shades go down 100% blackout. They have a great mattress, great sheets, great pillows. So great that, you know, you, you share a bed with a partner sometimes and you're always tugging at the comforter. They have two separate comforters on the bed. So if you're sleeping with your wife, your spouse, your partner, you each have your own, you're not playing that game. So you push the button, the temperature drops to 67, which is scientifically proven to be the ideal sleeping temperature. The smoke detector doesn't have a light flashing on it. The therm thermostat doesn't have a light flashing on it. So very, very, they leaned into the sleep thing heavily and it's paying dividends. Cause guess what? Again, it's one out of 225. I remember it, I talk about it. The rest just blends. Who cares what's in the mini bar? Who cares what art you have on the wall? Fundamentally, I assume it was all good and good enough, but in this particular case, the sleep experience definitely stood out. As a business traveler, I got to the point where I was really contemplating carrying band-aids with me to put over all the little lights that invaded I, I, my I carry my little dots. You do? Yeah, yeah, little sticker dots, and I put them on that. I mean, sometimes it's hard to get to the smoke detector in the ceiling, <laughs> but certainly the thermostat is easy, and it is obnoxious. Like Some of them are literally like, like flashlights in your eyes. It's ridiculous. Alarm clocks, everything. We don't think about it. We haven't thought about the sleep experience. And like I said, it's, it's really, it's a shame because at the, at the end of the day, it's the, that's the business we're in. That yeah. is the business we're in. The data we got also says that 71% of people, the quality of their sleep would impact their review. And, and two out of three people were leaving reviews, writing if, reviews. If I'm cranky, you're gonna hear about it because I didn't sleep. Now, obviously a lot more goes into it, noise, elevator, whatever. All this stuff goes into it. But you know, there are, there are hotel beds, literally when I go, that are beckoning me in, right? It feels like you're getting hugged in it. Like sitting in a race car, if you ever sat in a race car yeah. seat, like you feel that you're just encompassed in it versus just laying on some flat, hard, terrible. And again, I, I scratch my head and I say, how much money did you save from buying this mattress to having bought the right mattress? It's not much in the scheme of things over a five year period. Okay, so we talked about Manhattan and all the different sleep experiences you've had there, 225 different hotels, mm -hmm. and Equinox is the one that stands out to you. On the sleep experience. On the sleep experience. Yep. Uh, other sleep, sleep experiences outside of New York that bubble up to the top in terms of memory or memorable? 
Uh, I'm trying to think. I've stayed in a lodge, a hunt, not a hunting lodge, but a wildlife lodge, lodge in South Africa. And you would think you're literally in the middle of the wilderness, sleeping in otherwise a canvas tent. I mean, it's really not a tent. It's basically a luxury suite. And that, and maybe, you know, part of it has to do also with your psyche. You've been out all day, you're tired and coming to this bed. And I remember this was literally a heavily sleep experience. It was amazing. Again, one of those beds that beckons you in that's hard to get out of because it feels so good. That is a beautiful thing. If you wake up in the morning and you're ready to get out of bed because your back hurts or you didn't have a good night's sleep, but if you wake up and you're like, ah, I just want to stay in a little bit longer. Exactly. You're going to attribute that probably to the hotel too. Because they're curating every single item around you. Now, meanwhile, I'll give you another interesting sleep experience. The Ice Hotel, the original Ice Hotel, two hours north of the Arctic Circle in northern Sweden. You literally sleep on a slab of ice and you have basically a, a pad. And then you are sleeping on top of a reindeer, uh, reindeer skin for warmth in a sleeping bag. That was a miserable sleeping experience. And again, I'm saying... Put a nice mattress on the bed. Who cares? Slide them in the ice room. Why are you making me suffer? Put a nice mattress on it. We're, cra we're crazy in the mattress industry about cooler sleep. Yeah. And it got into where it's the cooling wars. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, no, yeah. there's a point at which it's way too cold. Exactly. And you feel like you're still going to yeah. have blind advice. Yeah. Okay, I have to ask you about your yes, hat. Sir. Your hat's a spiritual guide. It's not, not, nothing in particular. Well, you could be, though, the spiritual guide for... People, you're like the patron saint of all hotels. Of hotels, there you go. I'm the spiritual guide for hotel experiences. <laughs> I love it. Okay, talk to us about some other just wild experiences, even outside of the sleep focus of the conversation that just stand out to you. Great experiences. I mean, I've stayed, again, because of my neurotic behavior, uh, everywhere I go, I tried different ice hotel, definitely to do it. One of the more interesting experiences pre-COVID, just recently in the last few years, uh, in Amsterdam, in their like port district, there's a actual crane an actual crane and imagine taking a shipping container cutting it up in three pieces and putting it inside the crane on top of each other and each one's up a tunnel Wait, are they lifted off the ground yeah yeah they're inside the crane up top <laughs> and three rooms each one is a room and i slept in one of those that was a pretty amazing and the crane sways in the middle of the night and it creaks and it squeaks but i had to check the box so that was a Pretty crazy hotel. And they may say, it rocks you. Yeah, exactly. It rocks you. Except it's squeaking a little and making noises, which is not that interesting. But anyway, it was, it was, it was a great experience. So that's, this is incredible. Do you have a YouTube channel or Instagram or anything Instagram, like that? Instagram. I, I post a lot on Instagram. Uh, What's your my, handle? It's my full name, Bashar Wali. And uh, I, you know, I happen to like memes. So I, I feel uh, honored to think that you're sitting on your couch bored scrolling through your phone and I make you laugh out loud and that's my job in life no no monetization no marketing no nothing so it would just be fun to follow your journey there you go. Yeah, see what yeah, you think yeah, about yeah, every yeah, place yeah, you stay yeah, yeah. you know I, I heard you during the panel talking about this idea and, and we have a lot of independent retailers that you know help families find furniture and mattresses appliances the whole thing and I heard you talking about this idea of creating loyalty you were responding to a question creating royalty and being remarkable versus incentivizing people with keep bribing them with bribing coupons them. and points and whatever if i'm in your shop in your hotel in your like find a way to earn my loyalty and the way to earn people's loyalty is treat them like individual humans show them they matter and i'm yours for life it's not about points it's not about things it really is about making sure that you make me feel special let me tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. So I figure I'm at a, a boutique property uh, at the base of 
of Gondola One and Veil. And there was like Pepto-Bismol on the wall and beside the shower. And we just told them, hey, if you can get that cleaned up, that'd be great. And so we came back and they hadn't cleaned it up. Second time came back, hey, just get it cleaned up, no big deal. So that now they have strawberries for us and they're, they're saying sure. thank you. And the third time uh, they were waiting on us to come in and it's almost like they were communicating with each other. And they followed yeah, us to our room, Mr. Kinsley, and they were so nice and helpful. And the Pepto-Bismol was still there. Still but at there. That point, doesn't matter. I loved them. I'm doesn't like, matter. they're trying so hard. They're just missing this. That's funny. So, so it is paying attention to the details. When, really you, when you coach people up, how do you make sure they're, they're treating people like individuals? Part of being boutique and independent is the idea that there are no rules. Like there are, there is no script. That you don't have to say hello in a certain way. You just have to make someone feel special and welcome. So we just tell people, be yourself, be your authentic self. Sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the times if you tell people to be that, it will work well. So it, it's, that's really the simplest advice I give is be your authentic self and encourage your teammates, your employees to be their authentic selves because people want to do business with people they like. And if I relate to you, I like you, I'm bored out of the business. It's not about being some robot that's being taught to say something the way the corporate office wants to. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people are new and you know, we deal with a lot of churn in our industry. Sure, same, same. So maybe learn the rules and then be yourself. You know, you fundamentally, I can teach you the steps, but I can't teach you how to be pleasant. Yeah. I can force you to say things a certain way, but it's going to come across. Create an environment that celebrates and respects those people and they'll be, they'll thrive and show their respect to others and kumbaya, right? I mean, that's ultimately yeah. how it works. Like at home, the same way you want to treat your, your family, you should be treating your employees the same and they'll treat your customers the same. I remember a friend of mine is a snowboard instructor and when he started, they said, we can't teach you how to talk to people. We can teach you how to snowboard. Exactly. exactly. So, okay, we have dream camps, which are these executive retreats, very experiential, about 30 people. And then we have Sleep Summit. Sleep Summit's gonna take place in Bentonville, Arkansas. Is there a good spot in Bentonville where we should be looking to the future? Uh, I am uh, coincidentally working on a project in Bentonville, Arkansas, an independent hotel, uh, ground up. So it's gonna take us uh, probably a couple plus years to get it off the ground. But in the interim, there's a lot of great hotels there, 21C being one of them, really nice hotel with great arts. But yeah, we're excited about Anvil and I uh, can't wait to be a part of this. Okay, so here's another, I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot since you've been to so many properties. Sure. So one of the things we want to do with Dream Camps is make sure that people get off the plane and they go to the locations and there's walkability or there's access to nature. That's why we had Dream Camp in Bentonville because you can take the, you know, an Uber to downtown and all of a sudden you don't have to be in a car anymore sure. and you have access to mountain biking trails. So it's very wellness focused in a way. Sure. But we have, you know, conference facilities and things like that. Can you think of any properties domestically that kind of fit that bill where you can get there and all kind of have that shared experience of being outside quite a bit? Oof. I mean, there's so many to think about a little bit, but there's so many places. It, it really is, it's about the place of where you want to be, right? Whether it's beach or mountain or whatever. Um, I'd have to think about it some more. You put me on the spot, I yeah. can't think of any right away, but um, you know, I think about Denver being a, sort of the footsteps of everywhere and you can easily access the outdoors, Boise, Idaho, uh, Sun Valley, Idaho, great place. And I think about being in Sun Valley, yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of great places. And a lot of these destinations, mountain towns, resort towns, that give you access to the outdoors and like great places to go. So. Okay, talk to us real quickly, trends and traveling. 
COVID, many things shut down, your industry completely fundamentally changed. How are things coming back? Corporate travel still down? Yep. Is is uh, group travel and offsite type travel for smaller companies up? What are you seeing? So, you know, what we affectionately called revenge travel, the minute things opened, we're like, okay, everyone has got to get out of the house and go. And that mostly benefited uh, resorts, drive to destinations. And more recently, you saw this incredible, immense demand for Europe being satisfied when Europe opened back up and we could travel again this past summer. So I think with revenge travel behind us and kind of things coming back to normal a little bit, we're definitely worried about what happens with business traveling. It's back, but not at the levels of pre-pandemic. And we don't think it will ever be pre-pandemic level just because people live differently now. So we're sort of watching that carefully to see what happens there. But I think this idea of, I think Americans have rediscovered America. So when before you used to go to Europe or Asia or whatever, they're saying, wait a minute, South Dakota is a great place. Benville is a great place. So people are adding these American destinations on their radars and we're seeing a lot more of that. So I think leisure is compensated a little bit for business, but certainly we're still a long way away from recovering back to the pre-pandemic levels, depending on what happens to office, right? Like you have no reason to be in the office anymore. And you used to host people in New York City that came to your office and leave at hotels. Well, now they don't need to come to New York City. So what happens with that business travel? That's what we're very keenly watching for and waiting to see what happens. Our hope is that it'll come back in the 80 percentile level, hoping not less, because if it's less, it'll certainly be a hit to the big business center of cities. One of the questions I didn't ask during your panel was focused on this idea of experiences. Of course, if anybody stayed at uh, or popped on Airbnb for whatever reason to book a, a property, you've seen local experiences. And I started thinking about boutique properties and their ability to be more high touch. Have you seen boutique hoteliers invest in creating kind of the stem to start experiences and guided experiences when guests come into town or is it still kind of focused on the property and the experience there? You're seeing more of it, definitely. It's sort of in our own shop, we call it, you know, we want you to come and we want to be base camp for adventure for you. And by the way, adventure could mean walking a city and exploring architecture. Adventure doesn't have to be climbing mountains or biking, right? It literally could be urban adventure. And I think with this blend of business and pleasure that we're seeing, we're seeing more people wanting that because a business traveler who came airport, Uber, hotel, office, hotel, Uber, airport, they're saying now I want more. So we say, how can we curate a 24 hours for you extra to encourage you to stay, which is our benefit to extend your stay and give you a reason You've been to New York 50 times and you've never been here. I can't believe it because you just come with follow your routine. So you're seeing more and more people paying attention to it. And the term we use now is this leisure, this idea of business and pleasure kind of converging together because people just don't travel for singular reasons anymore. They want to do lots of things when they travel and they don't want to miss the opportunity on having been to Bentonville and not having gone and checked out the mountain bike trails that we have uh, in Bentonville. So I think we're seeing more and more of it. Again, those who are focused on the experience they're not in the commodity business, are definitely paying attention to it. Others are saying, we've got a cool room with cool arts and cool beds, come stay. And those are the guys that are gonna be left behind. Yeah, interesting. So it is gonna transition into experiences. And 100%. I always talk about in our business, it's not a transaction, it's a transformation. This is your chance to be a part of somebody's life. If you, if you don't provide that experience in a hotel construct, think about it. You pay me a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks a minute. Maybe you steal a towel. That's the extent of it. Like if I go to a store and buy a phone for $1,000, I have that phone with me for a long period of time. I go to a hotel, it's gone. Like I have nothing. 
So if you don't give me a reason to remember and celebrate what you've given me, you're a commodity. And if you're a commodity, gas is commodity. If I'm gonna fill up my car, I don't care who, what, man, I care. Price and location, right? And if that's what happens to hotels, we're dead. So if you're not focusing on creating more than, if you're gonna become a commodity, you're dead. Because people don't buy commodity. Hotel is not a commodity buy, it's an emotional buy, and it's based on the memory you bring. You know, one thing I think about a lot, when, you, when I envision experiences, um, I think about the transitions. And I think transitions can be the place where you create that remarkable moment or things can kind of chip away and henpeck at a guest until it falls apart. And there's a transition from the time somebody gets out of their car, or gets dropped off until they walk to that front desk. And in, you know, I think about in retail sales, uh, the, the thing that people fear the most is the salesperson. Right. Well, whenever you're walking into a hotel, I think the opposite should be true. When you, exactly. when you walk up to that person, that should be the most welcoming site. The that I would be excited. Exactly, exactly right. And I think, again, we Hotels Forever have created this sort of velvet robe and bouncer feel, like you don't belong. Mm. And I think we're starting to shed that image. Because people are done with the whole formality. Like people want to come in and get a virtual hug. Like they want to feel, especially hotels, because there's some vulnerability about being in a hotel. Like you're sleeping there, your possessions are there. You want to feel warm and what you want to feel at home. And I think you don't accomplish that by as velvet robe and, and stanchions or bouncers. You accomplish that to your point with really making you feel like you've arrived in your map. Okay, so another kind of pop quiz type question. If, if a, a retailer that sells mattresses wanted to potentially place their mattresses in a hotel so that guests could go there, try it out, so they don't have that purchase ahead of time and that money sunk, and then they have to figure out how to get a mattress back in and back out. How, how could, um, what would you recommend to retailers who are considering partnering with hotels to get their mattresses in there so guests can come and try them out? Is that something that- That's an interesting works? point. I mean, we've done it before where, for example, uh, uh, like a manufacturer, right? Says we're rolling out this new thing for hospitality and we need a place to try it. We'll give it to you for a substantial discount or free for you to try. We haven't done it on the local level, but not suggesting that you couldn't, you certainly can. Uh, as long as you make my life easy, like if I'm helping you, what's in it for me kind of thing, right? Now what's in it for me is I'll get an extra room night out of this person who wants to come sleep with me to try the mattress, right? So that's a benefit to me because that person otherwise may not have stayed. Right. So that's a small benefit, but I think if you talk to non-branded hotels that don't have to go to the mothership to get approval, you have a one-off independent hotel and you make a deal with them and you screen the deal for them, I think it's a really interesting way that you're thinking about to eliminate this whole, because how much do you know about a mattress lying in a store for 10 minutes or an hour? Like you've got to sleep on it. It's a really interesting idea. We've done it with manufacturers, not with individual retailers. Our data was interesting too. It said that 36% of people have inquired about the mattress they slept on in the hotel. In the hotel. It said that 25% of our respondents said they purchased that mattress. I think that's a little overstated. Probably. Um, but I think that, that number, you know, one out of three people inquiring about a mattress. Definitely. It could be, could be yeah. especially in a boutique property yeah. where they're curating very good, very good quality circuits. For sure. We see it a lot. And it's probably out of things you can buy in a hotel. And these days it seems like you can buy everything in a hotel. Mattresses are definitely on the top. And Starwood Hotels at the time with the heavenly bed at Weston really started that movement that people now go to hotels and say, what is this mattress? Tell me more, where can I get? And again, we do that with manufacturers. We do the wine label thing. 
we'll sell it to you, but the manufacturer will ship it and handle everything. So that does happen. It, it was sort of a thing maybe a decade ago. It's less of a thing now because people just have access. They go online and they buy it. Yeah. You know, the internet has democratized a lot of these offers. Easier to buy the robe for sure. Yeah. What, what did I not ask you that you would like to say in the sleep industry or people uh, that are dealing in sleep products? Well, so for my industry, I'd like to tell my industry, uh, focus on what matters. And you rattled the statistics and I agree with them. And don't cheapen out on the mattress. But for your industry, I think our industry certainly is continues to evolve. And I think if you're not dealing with hotels right now, I think it's a really interesting space. The big boys are obviously after it and deploy a lot of capital after it. But you, even a local retailer, can go and work your local market hotels to sell them a mattress or your mattress. So I think, I feel like there's more opportunity in that space for you guys to work closer with hotels that are not right now. Again, the big boys all do, but I think there's a lot of sort of boutique brands that don't do it. And by the way, we are talking about Purple earlier and sort of the roll-up mattresses. There are some hotels where you can't get a mattress into a room, just historic properties. So there's a lot of nuances. It's not one size fits all. And I think if that industry of interest to you, I think they'll pay dividends. You yeah. yeah, you can roll them up and squeeze them around corners. Exactly. The only problem is getting out of the room when you exactly. have to change them Exactly. Exactly. Well, then you cut them, you destroy them, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, chop them up and down, it's how they go. And we're working on recycling, by the way. That's a big initiative for us. Sure. Uh, Bashar Wally, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You're an innovative, interesting guy. I mean, you could, I'm going to say it. You're the most interesting man in the hotel business. Oh, God, no way. (laughs) Don't say that. Thank you for having me.